Um, so last week we started a new message series and we're calling it Questionable Lives. And we started with a really interesting uh, passage of scripture. It's in Mark uh, 16, uh, verse 15. Uh, Jesus told his disciples, which, so those guys are all dead now, right? Um, so who are his disciples now? What? We are, yeah, it's us. So Jesus told his disciples, go into the world and preach the good news to everyone. And anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anybody who refuses to believe will be condemned. And throughout this series, it's gonna be really important that we understand this word, good news. And last week we talked about the, the Greek from that. It's euangelion. And that's, you know, this is a word that we didn't even go to the trouble to translate. We just changed the Greek letters into English letters and kept the word exactly the same. So if you can picture this word, euangelion, it's E-U-G, right, or E-U-A-N-G. If you can picture that word, we just changed the U to a V. And it became evangelion, right? So does that word sound familiar to you? Um, the word angel, right, comes from that word and because that word, angelion, just means a message, a message. So an angel is actually a messenger from God, so it means a message. In the first part, that you, that means good. So it's a good message. It's good news, and we're supposed to be spreading this good news throughout the world, and the good news is that God's kingdom is coming, and he's going to replace this broken, contaminated, hate-filled, pride-filled, sin-filled, death-filled world with his kingdom of peace, and happiness and glory. And it's gonna be an amazing kingdom. And Jesus is gonna be the king. And here's some really cool news. He's inviting us to be citizens of that kingdom. And then we run into a little snag there, right, with our citizenship, because this is gonna be a perfect place, and all of us have imperfect stuff, right? And so how's that gonna, well, this is even more good news, and that is Jesus has made a way through his death, and through his resurrection, Jesus has made a way that even people like us can qualify to be citizens of heaven. Is that good news? That's very good news. And so, yeah, the, the word we use for spreading that good news in English is evangelism, right? And the people who are really gifted at that, that are really good at um, spreading the good news, especially publicly, we call evangelists. And evangelists are awesome. We told some stories about them last week. They're amazing, bold personalities, and they've got this great talent as communicators, and they're specifically called, and they're supernaturally gifted by God to boldly preach the good news to everyone. So evangelists are amazing. But the question that we're wrestling with in this series is, what about the rest of us? Right, what about those of us that have different personalities and different talents and different supernatural gifts? What about those of us who love Jesus and he's changed our life and we wanna tell people about that, but we're just not super bold people. We're not really outgoing people or maybe we're not amazing public speakers or, or we're not great communicators. So like for us, what's our role? What's our part in spreading the good news? Are we, are we just, not, are just not part of this thing? And so I found a really interesting perspective on this in this great book um, Michael Frost wrote. It's called Surprise the World. 
And I hope if you haven't gotten one, you'll get one and read it. It's amazing. Um, And he points out a really interesting passage in Colossians 4. And so Colossians is a letter that Paul writes to his church in Colossae, and, and he says, look, I'm, I, I'm Paul, man, come on. I'm, I'm specifically gifted, I'm spiritually I'm called, I am unbelievably bold, I'm an evangelist. That's who I am, it's what I am. And so is my guy Timothy that's with me, and we're out here doing this thing, right? We're out here spreading the gospel. So for you guys back in the church um, who don't have these specific callings, who don't have these specific Um, opportunities, who don't have these specific personality types or spiritual gifts, here's what you can do to spread the good news about Jesus. It's Colossians 4, starting in verse 4. He says, first of all, um, devote yourself to prayer. Devote yourself to prayer. Um, with an, a lot of us, we think, well, I'm not evangelist. What I need to do is devote myself to being bolder, right? I need to devote myself to being more eloquent. I need to devote myself to knowing the process and what to say. And all. I need to devote myself. That's not what he says. He says, well, we're out here doing that. What you need to do is devote yourself to prayer with, a, what, an alert mind and a thankful heart. Pray. Pray for us who are evangelists, right, that God will give us many opportunities to speak about this mysterious plan concerning Christ. That's why I'm here in chains. Okay, stop for a second, I'll talk about that because really most of my life I read that passage and Paul says, you know, this is why I'm here in chains. I'm telling the world about Jesus, this is why I'm here in chains. And I always thought that meant, I've been telling the world about Jesus and now they arrested me for it. That's why I'm here in chains. And now I see that's not at all what he's saying. You know what he's saying? The reason I'm in chains is that God's given me an opportunity to spread the gospel. That's why I'm here in chains. Doesn't that read completely differently? I I really think that's what he meant. So pray for us that God will give us many opportunities to speak this this, uh, mysterious plan about Jesus. That's why I'm here. So pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. So our first responsibility, right, as the church, as the regular people, is that we will just pray that our evangelists will get opportunities and that they'll do it well. But he says there's more that you can do than that. So this is verse five, he tells them what what else they can do. He says, live wisely among those who aren't believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you'll have the right response for everyone. So yeah, pray for us, we're the bold people, we're out here preaching and all that good stuff. But what you can do is live wisely and take advantage of every opportunity and just make sure that your conversation is gracious and attractive and then you'll have a great response for everybody. So you're not supposed to be out maybe on the street street corners preaching and maybe you're not supposed to be walking up to strangers and telling them about Jesus. Maybe that's reserved for people who have these specific callings and who have these certain spiritual gifts. Most of us have this different role and that is that we pray for the evangelists And then we intentionally, or he says wisely, live a life among non-believers that arouses curiosity. So maybe they'll ask you, why do you live like that? Why why do you love like that? And then when they ask the questions, we make sure that our answers are gracious and attractive, and that will be the right response to point people to Jesus. So that's what Paul says to this specific church in Colossae. And then Peter says kind of the same thing in the letter that he wrote to Christians living with non-believers all over the world. So this is 1 Peter 3.15. 
He says, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. I think this is really important. Worship Christ as Lord, not just Savior, right? Lord of your life. Not Lord of your Sunday mornings, right? Not, not Lord of your five-minute quiet time in the mornings. Lord of your life, the way that you live, right? And so we're gonna celebrate Jesus and worship him as Lord of our life. And if you do, if you live Jesus's way, if you really live with Jesus, Lord of your life, I'm telling you, that's gonna arouse some questions, right? Because you are gonna stick out in this world if you really follow Jesus. And he says, and so if somebody asks you about your hope as a believer, if they ask you why you live this way, be ready to explain it. But again, he says, do it in a gentle and respectful way. So we're calling this series Questionable Lives. And it's all about that. It's about living a life that invites questions and then just graciously and attractively and gently and respectfully answering those questions. Now we talked on this a little bit last week and this thing of the life of being questionable is really important because some of the stuff that um, us Christians do is good and it honors Jesus and it helps people, but it seems kind of normal. And so it doesn't really bring any questions, right? If you're, if you're doing the same thing everybody else is doing, nobody's gonna ask you why you're doing it. So if you mow your grass, if you shop at HEB, if you wave at people on the street, if you pay your bills, right? These, those are good things, but they don't really cause anybody to ask questions because most people do those things. So questionable life by nature is gonna have to be a, at least a little bit weird and to stand out, to, to cause the questions to come in. And so like, well, what does that look like? I think some of it depends on where you're at and who you live with. I mean, uh, maybe it's cultural, right? Because like here in South Texas, in our area, right? You know, God's area, <laughs> what's normal for us might not be normal for people in other areas. Have you ever thought about that? Even in the United States, right? So years ago, I had a business associate, his name was Randy, and he came for a visit, and he grew up in like Wisconsin or North Dakota or Minnesota or Antarctica, I don't know, someplace up there. And he, so he comes here on business, and, and he told me when he got here, hey, um, I wanna eat some Mexican food. <laughs> and he even did that when he said it. <laughs> you know, Mexican food. And so I sense this guy's not up for some super spicy stuff, right? And so I took him to Alamo Cafe, right? I thought that'll be, that'll ease him in, right? Let's ease him in. And so I took him there, and now we're sitting at the table, and here comes the chips and salsa and all that stuff. And he tells the waitress, oh, we didn't order that. And I said, no, you don't, what? You don't, you don't order it. I mean, it, it just it happens, you know? And he goes, oh, yeah. This is the salsa, salsa. I've heard about salsa. I wanna try this, yeah, I wanna try this. And I said, well, you know, knock yourself out. I'm going to the bathroom, right? So I go to the bathroom, I come back, he's lying there in a pool of sweat, right? <laughs> Pouring stuff out of his eyes and his nose and his ears and he's red and he's like, <laughs> and he's still trying. Bless him, man, he's trying. He's like taking the chips and he'll like put it in the salsa and then he like shakes it you know, and he's like wiping it and he kind of like wipes it off on his napkin and then he eats it and I said, dude, just, you're not, just don't eat it. I mean, you know, and he goes, well, I want to fit in, you know, when in Rome and all that. I said, well, okay, well, and see what he knew here, that's normal, right? It's not, it doesn't stand out. You, you've never been eating chips and salsa in a restaurant and somebody comes up and says, what are you doing? 
right? That's, that's normal for us. It's different, right, in, in different cultures. Here's another one. Um, the other day, I came to a four-way stop, right, just like this, exactly the same time as a person across the street, you know, across the way from me. And it was a woman in her SUV there. And so I just, you know what I did? I just went like, like that, right? That's what you do, right? And you know what she did? She went like, what is that? I don't even know, what does that even mean? I mean, I know what this means. I don't know what this means. So I was like, what's happening? I, and she's like this. And so then I finally, she starts going, and she goes, why, she's still just crazy gesturing, all this stuff going on. And then she went, and I thought, what is this? Is she, is she having some sort of convulsion or something? And then as she got by, I realized she was mad at me. She's like cussing at me and yelling at me like that. And I thought, what in the world? And then I saw her plates. They were from a state far west of here. <laughs> and I thought, oh, okay. yeah, I got it. They have a different driving culture, uh, apparently, where she comes from. So you see what I'm saying? It's, it's like if you, if you wave at your neighbors when you're mowing your grass on Saturday morning, I mean, that's, that's not weird. That's not questionable. This is what we do, right? If, if, that's what we do here. If you spend half of your life dragging your kids around to sporting events, right? That's not weird. That's just, that's what we do here. If, if, if you have two cars in your garage and one is an SUV and one is a pickup, right? That's not weird. That's just what we do here. If you, if you wear jeans to work, right? Women, if you have a gun in your purse right now, Right? For some people, like, that sounds kind of weird. And for us, it's just, that sounds kind of normal. You know, that's how. So, yeah, it, it's cultural. I got it. One of the cool things about our area that I love is it's not weird to go to church. Have you noticed that? It's cool. That I, I love it that we live in that kind of an area. It's not weird here. It's pretty normal here to walk into a coffee shop and see people with a Bible open and talking about it. I, I love that. It's not weird here to sit in a restaurant and see people holding hands and bowing their heads and blessing their food. You've never done that in a restaurant and the waitress says, what are you doing? Right? She goes and tells the manager, table 13, I don't know what they're doing over there. That's not, that's not weird for us. That's just, that's just normal. So those are good behaviors. Those are good behaviors, but they're kind of normal in our world. And so they probably aren't gonna bring up a lot of questions, right? So as we're gonna get into this thing about questionable lives, I think we gotta talk about what, what do Peter and Paul mean when they say our lives have to be questionable? So number one, um, it's not about just doing some random, random, like shocking, crazy thing, right? Like, uh, going to Walmart naked, right? That's weird. That's well, pretty weird, I guess, not completely weird. But like, that's weird, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about more specific types of things. And listen, this is important. We're not talking about doing it once, right? We're not talking, you're, 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 you're not living a questionable life if you do a questionable thing one time, right? We're talking about developing habits. And so Michael Frost, the author of this book, he calls them rhythms, rhythms of your life and these questionable rhythms these these habits if they're, if if they're the right kinds of things they do two things one they propel us outward into the lives of our neighbors 
And the second thing is they propel us upward into a deeper intimacy with and likeness of Jesus. So they, they propel us outward into the lives of our neighbors and they propel us upward so that we're closer to and more like Jesus. So let's, let's talk about those things. Um, first of all, this idea of it being outward, this won't work if we're 100% inward, right? If we wanna impact lives, if we want, if we want questions from outside the church, then to a certain degree, we're gonna, have to, we're gonna have to live out there, you know, with them so that these questionable behaviors can be noticed, right? And so, and I, I gotta tell you, I've been convicted of this really lately, that I spend almost 100% of my time with Christians. And that's great for some stuff. That's great for accountability, right? That's great with common interests, and it's great. We can have great conversations about the Bible, which I love, and we can, we can pray together, and we can worship together, and you know, we, we like get each other. So that's, that's cool, but if you're a Christian, and I'm a Christian, and we spend all of our time with other Christians, our questionable behaviors aren't even gonna be seen by other people, by non-believers. So how are they ever gonna ask us these questions? So let me ask you a question. Did Jesus only hang out with church members? Clearly not, right? So we're followers. Should we only hang out with church members? Uh, No, we, we gotta go where the people are and we gotta live these questionable lives where they can see them, where they can see them. And honestly, so many people already think that Christians are this tight little cult, you know, we don't look like you, we don't act like you, we're better than you, God loves us more than you, we don't want you, you know, we just, we just want our little group and that's it. So many people see Christians that way and we don't challenge that perspective if we just isolate. We don't challenge that perspective if all we do is lock ourselves down in church together. A a missional life has to be a life in the habits and rhythms of getting out among people that don't know Jesus. So first of all, it has to be outward. And and it has to be inward. These These habits, they can't just be random, weird behaviors, right? Listen, people already think Christians are weirdos. Right? There's a difference between having weird behaviors and being a weirdo, right? And they, they already, people don't need convincing that we're strange. They already, they already think that, and that's, that's not always attractive, right? It's, it was, it's, he said the word attractive. We're Jesus' followers. Jesus was the most attractive person that ever lived. People were drawn to him like a magnet. And we're supposed to be, when we're choosing these behaviors, they can't just be random behaviors just because they're unusual. They can't be bad behaviors, right? Um, Do you guys remember a few years ago, there was a lot of noise about this little tiny Baptist church, Westboro Baptist Church, do you remember that? And they were going around and they were very judgy and, and, and they would show up like at high-profile funerals, like when a soldier was being buried, and they would hold up those signs about God hates these people and God hates those people, and it was 
it was horrible, horrible. And here's these people grieving the loss of their kid or whatever, and these people are like protesting what? With these signs about who God hates. If you sin, God hates you. And it was, man, a lot of stuff happened. A lot of stuff happened. Um, the news came, there were fights, there were arguments, there were screaming and yelling and cussing, and there was a lot of crying. But you know what never happened at one of those funerals? Never once did somebody say, tell me more about this Jesus, right? How do I, how do I sign up for some of that? That never happened because those were weird behaviors, right? They were weird behaviors, but they weren't, those weren't the kind of behaviors that are really propelling us upward, right? Into a closer relationship with Jesus or into being more like him. And so these, these habits these rhythms of our lives need to be things that not only push us outward into the lives of our neighbors, they need to also push us upward into a deeper relationship with Jesus, and they need to make us more like him. And when they do, they will be attractive. So these habits aren't just like questionable so they can help us change the world, they also change us. Right? They also make us more like Jesus. They also draw us closer to him. So in this book, which is amazing, uh, Michael Frost identifies five behaviors, five habits, five um, life rhythms, and he calls them five habits of highly missional people. And they're obviously not the only five habits of highly missional people, but they are great habits that do push us outward into the lives of our neighbors and do push us upward so that we're more like Jesus and that we're drawn closer to him. And so our plan for the next five weeks is that we're gonna try them out. We're gonna try out, let me ask you a question. Who's up for something weird? Okay, we always have this with new people. When, when I ask that question, you raise your hand. Okay, you don't have to think about how you really feel. Okay, that's not, that's not what this is. Okay, this is just to encourage me. Okay, and that's what it really matters. Okay, so who's over something weird? Oh, oh, great, that's sweet. So here's, we're gonna, we're gonna take five weeks, we're gonna take five behaviors, five habits, five rhythms, and one week at a time, we're gonna try them out, right? Like a little challenge, it's gonna be fun, it's summer, we can do something different, right? And so hopefully these things will become, this is important, they won't just become values to us, Right? And they won't just become like little one-off things that happen for us. Hopefully they will become habits. Hopefully these will become rhythms of our life for the rest of our life. And when they do, each one of these habits is going to draw people into questions and conversations about Jesus. And each one of these habits is gonna develop in us a missional value that makes us more and more like Jesus and brings us closer to him. So it's cool because as people in your world become more curious about Jesus, you become more like Jesus, right? So it's a win-win. Okay, so who's in? Don't raise your hand, don't raise your hand yet because let me tell you what the habits are, okay? Um, first habit is to pray 11 hours a day. Second habit, memorize the whole Bible. Third habit, go to Sam's and when people walk in, start grabbing them like the cell phone people there and shaking Jesus into them as they walk by. So that's not, that's not what these are. These are not, they're not that kind of habits. These are, these are doable things, but they're questionable things. They're gonna bring up these questions. They're gonna help us come up with gracious 
attractive answers. Okay, so now it's not something so hard or so weird. Now who'll do it? I'll just wait for more hands. Okay, good, awesome. Okay, so you wanna know what the habits are. Um, I'll show you a chart. Okay, here's the chart. So down the left side, those are our five habits. And then in the middle is like what we're gonna do during the week to try it out, right? And then on the right side is something cool. That's the value that it's gonna develop in us that makes us more Christ-like, okay? So like the very first week, this week, we're gonna bless. That's the first habit. It's an acronym, BELLS. B-E-L-L-S, okay? So bless, I will bless three people this week, at least one of whom is not a MyCBCB person. That's, that's not that hard, right? I'm gonna just bless three people this week, and that's gonna hopefully bring up some questions or whatever, and even if it doesn't, look what it does for me, it's gonna make me a more generous person, right? I'm gonna spend my time, my energy, my effort to bless someone else, that is a Christ-like attribute of being generous, right? So it's gonna do this thing for them, but it's also gonna do something in me. Next week, we're gonna do my favorite, we're gonna eat, right? And I'm excited about telling you about that one. I will eat with three people this week. <laughs> How hard is that? Here's the hard part, at least one of whom is not a my CBCB person. And I'll say on both of those, it would be really cool if they're not Christians at all. But like if they're sinful Baptists or something, I guess that's okay. Okay, but they need to be sinful. Okay, which with Baptists, it's not that hard. Okay, so, <laughs> Gosh, and the first service is the one we stream to. Dang. Okay, okay, so eat. I will eat with three people this week and one's not a CBCB person. Look what that's gonna do for us. That's gonna bring up questions in them, but look what it does for me. It's gonna make me a more hospitable person. I'm gonna be a more Christ-like person. Cool, right? Uh, the third habit is to listen. I will spend at least one period of the week listening for the Spirit's voice. Who should I bless? God, show me, right? Who should I take out to eat? Show me. What should I say when they ask me that question? I'm gonna be listening for the Spirit's voice, and that's gonna make us more Spirit-led. There's no more Christ-like attribute than that one, right? And then learn is gonna be uh, week four. I will spend at least one period of the week learning about Jesus, right? Because obviously you wanna know what you're talking about when you're telling people about Jesus, and as the more we learn about Jesus, the more we're gonna become like Jesus, and so we're gonna become more Christ-like. And then the last one is the word sent, S, I will see that I am sent. I think that's gonna be a time for us just to look back and say, man, based on all this, I may not be a loud TV evangelist, right? I may not be going door to door telling people about Jesus, but I see that I am a missional person, right? I am called by God to spread the gospel to the whole world, and that's gonna make me see that I'm a more missional person. So this week's challenge is to bless people. And I'm just gonna say, if, if you bless three people every week, Sooner or later, somebody's gonna ask you what you're up to. It's, it's gonna happen, maybe not this week, right? You might, do, you might bless three people this week and nothing happens and that's, that's absolutely, maybe not next week. But here's the thing, that's not your problem, right? That's God's problem. Your job is just bless them. And if it really becomes a habit, I think I can promise you that eventually somebody's gonna ask you a question. And you'll be practicing the Christ-like value of becoming more generous, okay? So how do we, how do we make a habit happen? How do, we, how do we get into these good habits? Um, it's the same way that you got into your other habits. It's the same way that you got in the habit of brushing your teeth every day. It's the same way you got in the habit of scrolling through social media on your phone every 30 seconds, right? It's just you did it once, and then you did it again, 
and you did it again and again and again and again and again and again, and pretty soon it was, it was just a habit, and habits are hard to break. Habits are hard to break. Is that good news or bad news? Huh. Habits are hard to break. I'll prove it to you. Um, every day when you get dressed, you put your pants on, you either put your right leg in first or your left leg in first, right? Everybody's like thinking about it right now. Wait, 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 how do I? So I don't know what you do, but I bet you do it the same every day. So this week I realized I'm a left leg first person, which I think that's like the most holy people. And so, and so I thought to myself, well, I'm just gonna break this and just see what it's like. And I'm telling you, I like fell down and bumped my head. It's, so I don't know, it's, it's, I've just done it so many times that way that it's hard to stop. And that's what we want with these missional habits, right? So that's the power of habits. So our plan is instead of fighting that force, we're just going to use it for our own good and for the kingdom. So we're going to develop good habits by just doing them once and then just doing them again and then just doing them again until it's part of how we live. And so this, this week's habit is to bless people. And as you guys know, one of my favorite passages of scripture is John 13, 34. Jesus said, now I'm giving you a new commandment, right? This is like a new superseding command. This is the big one. This is the big one, right? Yeah, I know you've heard all those 600 laws. I'm giving you a new one right now. He says, love each other. And just as I have loved you, that's how you should do it. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. And your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. I think this is important. He doesn't say your holiness or your goodness or your righteousness or the way you dress or act. The thing that's gonna show the world that you're mine, the way that you're gonna show the world that you're with me, your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. So Jesus' plan is that the world will see him and his love through us and our love. But our love isn't gonna be visible so that people can bring up these questions unless we act on it, right? This is 1 John 3.18. Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other, let's show the truth by our actions. And a great way to show love is by blessing people. So yeah, this is our homework, this is it. There's homework all summer. Um, here's what it is. Our challenge this week is to bless three people. Um, at least one of them doesn't go to church here. And again, ideally, one of them isn't even a Christian. And it can be anybody you want, um, and it can be any way you want to bless them, right? So um, it could be um, words of affirmation, which would just be saying something nice. Um, it could be uh, acts of kindness, which would be doing something nice. Um, it can be gifts, which would be giving them something nice. Um, it, can, it can be anything. It could be paying for somebody's coffee. It could be sending somebody an encouraging text. Um, I'll tell you something happened to us. One day, Margaret and I were in Marble Falls, and so when you're in Marble Falls, I don't know if you guys know this, you have to eat at Blue Bonnet Cafe while you're there. So uh, we're sitting there eating, and you know, we don't know anybody there, which is, you know, it's not like around here, right? So we don't know anybody there. So we're just sitting in there, and we're eating and everything, and now it's almost time to leave, and the waitress comes over, and she says, hey, um, they already left. They told me not to tell you who it was. Somebody paid for your breakfast today and they included the tip, 
Which, if I was her, I wouldn't have said that part. <laughs> I don't know. Christian, I guess. Anyway. Anyway, so these people paid for your breakfast. And it's like, we don't even know who it was. I mean, it's one thing when somebody does that and you know who it was. We don't even know. And like, they didn't want us to know who it was. But they just wanted to bless us. And it wasn't so they could be recognized or, or look generous or whatever. They just wanted to bless us. That's why they did it. And that's, that's happened for us a lot of times. Like this little Jalisco Mexican place over here, we'd over there the other day and somebody, like I saw some people and I kind of waved at them and I was getting ready to go talk to them and then I had something else and I look up and they're gone. And then we got ready to leave, and it's like, oh, somebody already paid for your meal. It's like, that was awesome. That happened for us at Alamo Cafe one time. My granddaughter was with us, and she couldn't believe it. I mean, she, she couldn't believe, why, what, what could this, what could this mean? And this is why we always go to the same restaurants. We just, I, mean, I know where it might happen, and that's where we're going. So, yeah, so here's the point of that, right? It just, I mean, they didn't do it for any other reason. It, it just, it cost them something, right? And they, they, they just did it to bless us. And it may, I'm telling you about it now. I mean, it made an impact on us. And so, yeah, I think at first, whatever you do, it, it, might, it might feel a little weird. And, and I hope it does look a little weird, right? I hope it does seem strange to people. I hope it does stick out. But I think whether it feels weird or looks weird, I think you're gonna see it's not that hard. Just bless three people. And so to kind of help you out, um, when you came in today, we gave you these little cards. It's called an accountability form. And I don't know, it's just a place you could kind of write if you do this. And okay, these are the people that I blessed. And maybe if you kind of learn something from the experience or something funny happens or something, you can just kind of write it down there. And then, I don't know, put this on your fridge or your mirror or something and just, you know, keep track of it. And then I think we're gonna post some stuff on social this week, so on Facebook or Instagram, if you do that stuff, we'll, we'll post some stuff and you can see how other people are doing it. So when you see that post, put what you did. Oh, today I helped somebody change their tire. Um, hashtag questionable lives, right? I, today I, I, I took somebody cookies or you know whatever. So maybe you give an idea to somebody else and this would be a way that we can kind of encourage each other. Today I, brought, I, I bought lunch for the people in the car behind me. At, I gotta tell you guys a funny story. Okay, you got a second? This is like a sec, and I'll get right back to it. Okay, so this was a while back. Um, this little, in Adobe Village, this little Jalisco Mexican food place, right? We eat over there all the time, right? And so on Saturday mornings, a lot of time, Margaret and I will go there and get tacos. And we just, we, in the car, we just go through the drive-thru, right? So this day, long line, like there always is. And so we order our food and everything, and then in the car in front of us, I realize is somebody we know. It's our friend from church, and I kind of honk at him, you know, and so we're kind of, you know, hey, man, whatever. And so anyway, we order our food, but this day, it wasn't just our regular, like, three tacos or four tacos. We were going, I don't even remember, we're going someplace. And so we ordered, you know, 20 tacos or some, 25 tacos, I don't know what, a whole bunch of tacos. And so now my buddy's up there, hey, yeah, see you later. So then he goes up and pays, and he drives through, and then we drive up there, and the girl working there is laughing so hard. She can't pull it together. She can't talk. She's crying. She's bent over. She's laughing so hard. And I said, what's, what, are you okay? You know, what's happening? And she goes, do you know that person that just pulled away? And I said, yeah, he's my friend from church. And she goes, well, listen what happened. He drove up here and he goes, hey, that's my pastor behind us. I want to pay for their breakfast. And she goes, okay, it's $146. <laughs> 
And he, and he goes, you know what? I'll catch him next time. And <laughs> that was it. So, yeah. So you can do it any way you want to. I'm not pushing him. Talking a lot about food today, but it doesn't have to be food. So, um, yeah, it can be, it can be, it can be, it can be anything. We, we want to bless three people this week. And this is, this is a caveat. You have to understand this. We're not blessing people to be recognized or to be rewarded or to be thanked or even to convert anybody. And that's, not, that's not what we're trying to do. We are going to bless people just to bless people. Right? And we're going to do it three times this week and we're going to do it three times next week and we're going to do it three times every week from now on. And once it becomes this habit, and if we really do this, eventually it's going to push somebody to ask us a question. Why are you doing this? What, you know, what's your problem? And then you're going to give them a gracious, attractive, gentle, respectful answer. And we're going to trust the Holy Spirit to take it from there. And the bonus is it's going to draw you closer to and make you more like Jesus. You get it. Like, does it make sense? So let me ask you, like, let's think about it. Like, is that, fees- is that doable? Is that, I mean, that's doable, right? We're not asking, you to, we're not saying, oh, I'm gonna fly this week. I mean, it's, it's something we can actually do. Let me ask you this. What if, what if you really did that? What if you really did that? What if you blessed three people this week? And then next week? And then next week? And then from now on? Like, What's the downside? What's the upside, right? I mean, imagine what might happen. Like, it's almost like worst case scenario, it's us in Marble Falls, where we just felt blessed. It just lifted us up a little bit. It's like the worst outcome that might happen. What if, what if you did that over and over and over and over, and it just became a routine, and you almost even forgot why you were doing it, and then one day, somebody does ask you a question. And you give them a gentle, gracious, attractive, respectful answer. And that becomes part of them coming to know Jesus. And what if, what if you did it? And then, what if we all did it? I mean, there's a couple hundred people here, right? What if, what if, we, what if, we, what if we all did that? And soon there were all kinds of questions coming in from all kinds of unbelievers it, like the, the whole, our whole community would just be full of conversation about why are these people doing this weird stuff. Plus, we're also blessing CBCB people and other Christians, and so bouncing, blessings would be bouncing, right? They're all over. There'd just be all this stuff going on. And also, we would all become closer to Jesus, and we would all be becoming more and more like Jesus. It almost sounds like God's kingdom coming and God's will being done on earth as it is in heaven. It almost sounds like Jesus' commandment to love each other so much and so well that the world sees him in our love. And it all starts with something kind of simple. It's just, it starts with you blessing three people this week. So who thinks you could do that? Okay, who will commit to try? Hold them, keep them up, one sec. <laughs> one sec. Um, let me just. 
Okay, who will commit to try? <laughs> Jesus is watching. <laughs> hold, hold them up, I want to take a picture. <laughs> and I can blackmail you if you don't. This is the, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, man, that's it. That's it. Everybody understand what we're going to do? We can do it. It's easy. We'll let the Holy Spirit do the hard part, right, which is drawing people to him. No one comes to the Father unless the Holy Spirit draws them, right? It's not up to you to do a great job of blessing. Bless three people. We'll let him do the hard part, okay? Yes? Let's pray. Um, Jesus, thank you for including it. First of all, for this amazing news that you are bringing God's kingdom here and that everything that's ugly and hurtful and painful and sad for us is gonna be replaced with the joy of being in your presence, with the joy of knowing that we will never again be betrayed or hurt, we'll never experience loss or grief or pain ever again. Lord, that you will not only fix our present, you'll not only fix our future, but somehow you'll even undo the wrongs of our past. Thank you for this incredible, incredible news about your kingdom coming and who else could be king accept you and thank you for being our king. Thank you for inviting us to be citizens of this amazing kingdom and thank you for figuring out this way that through faith in you and what you did, we can actually qualify to be citizens of heaven. Thank you for this amazing news. God, thank you for our evangelists. Thank you for the people that are these bold, outspoken, amazing communicators, that it's just natural for them to share the gospel with everybody, that thank you for them. Will you please give them opportunities and will you please give them the spiritual gifts and the words and everything that they need to do that work well? And for the rest of us, Father, will you just show us this thing we're trying to learn of how to live a life that invites people to ask us questions and then remind us that we don't have to have a great speech we just need to give them kind, gentle, attractive, respectful answers. And by doing that, we can actually be part of the most amazing thing of people's lives being redeemed and people being drawn into your kingdom. And we can actually help people around us become citizens of heaven. So thank you for including us in your plan. God, keep us, in, it's so easy when we're talking about it right now on Sunday, but just remind us of this every week and every day this week and just empower us. We want to do this in your strength, not ours. So empower us to do it. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, a couple of announcements before you go. Um, don't forget to take these little cards and kind of track how you did with that. And then we're going we're gonna to do some practice on all these things. And one of the ways that we're practicing is on Wednesday nights. So Wednesday nights, we have two separate things going on. We have a men's group that meets and we have a women's group that meets, right? And both of those groups during what we're calling summer nights, you can grab one of these cards in the lobby. It's right out here on the left. And we're doing some events or some different activities every week. So like this Wednesday, this is important, this Wednesday the women are going to all come together and they're not going to do a Bible study. They're going to do something to bless people, right? They have a little project set up and it's going to bless some of the elderly people in our community. It's going to be an amazing project and that's them. That's going to be one of their bless 
for the week, right? Men at 6.30 on this Wednesday night, our Iron Men's group, we're not going to meet and have our regular Bible study. We're going to SJRC, St. Jude's Kids Ranch, and we're going to do some yard work and move some rocks and chop some weeds and stuff like that. So guys, if you can join us for that, you don't got to register anything, bring some gloves and a shovel, and we're going to meet it at SJRC. You can Google map and figure out where it is. So I'd love to have you kind of join us for that. And then every week, we're going to do something together. Um, one of the things that, that's going to be fun is the 21st, which is not this Wednesday, but next. That next week, what we're trying to do is eat, which is something we're pretty good at, really. So what we're going to do that night is we're going to have a church-wide, like, potluck picnic thing. And we're, I think Holy Smokes is going to do, like, hot dogs and hamburgers, and you get to bring sides or whatever. And that's it. We're going to eat together out in the backyard. We've got bounce houses for the kids and all that stuff. So just gonna, we're going to eat, play cornhole, and junk like that. So that's it. We're just going to get together and eat together. And we're going to see if that really is as good of a thing to do as we think it is. So that's on the 21st. Even if you're not in the normal Wednesday night groups, we'd love to have you join us on the 21st. Um, another thing, grief share. We're starting with this. Grief Share is a grief support group. So if you've lost somebody and you're struggling with grief, then that's what this group is for. The Bible says that we should bear one another's burdens. And Grief Share is not really so much like therapy or something like that as it is just bearing one another's burdens. And so if you struggled with grief, if you know somebody that's struggling with grief, we'd love to have you come. This thing is really about us figuring out how to process our grief in a Christ-like, biblical way. And so we have a table out in the lobby. This thing starts this week on Thursday. Um, it's during the day, like at lunchtime. And so if you stop at the table, Richard Britz will be back there, and he'll tell you anything you need to know about Grief Share. And then last thing, I promise, don't forget to get your uh, card if you want to help uh, volunteering this summer in guest services. And just check that little box, and we'd love to have you help us out with guest services this summer. And that is it. God bless you guys. Go out and bless three people this week.